This is 89.1 WEMU, and despite what you may have felt for a good portion of January, the planet is warmer than it's ever been. In fact, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has reported 2023 was the warmest year in its 174-year history of measuring the climate. And scientifically speaking, it isn't all that close. I'm David Fair, and welcome to this week's edition of Issues of the Environment. We found, wanted to find out more about the climate year we've left behind, learn more about its implications and ramifications, and look at what might be in store here in 2024. There's no one better to ask than Dr. Jonathan Overpeck. Dr. Overpeck is a multidisciplinary climate scientist and dean of the School of Environment and Sustainability at the University of Michigan. Very nice to talk with you again, Dr. Overpeck. Well, it's great to talk with you as well. Were you at all surprised when uh, NOAA reported last year it was hottest on record? Uh, not at all when it was reported. I think uh, the first half of the year was, I uh, wouldn't have expected that. But then starting in the summertime, uh, temperatures, global temperatures just started to go crazy. Um, and they, month after month, they were way above normal. So I wasn't surprised by the end of the year that we broke the record. If I've read the numbers right, what we're really talking about is a fraction of one degree warmer than the previous warmest year back in 2016. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but it does set off alarm bells across the scientific community, right? Uh, it sure does. And uh, the real reason for that is not that we broke the record. I mean, it's warming due to human emissions of greenhouse gases, primarily due to fossil fuel burning, the warming is relentless. Uh, but what really surprised us was how large the jump was this year. It was the biggest jump we've ever seen. Uh, and, um, you know, some of my colleagues have said things like it was gobsmacking. You know, right. but to me, it was uh, really not as surprising. Uh, we wrote a paper a number of years ago that suggested that these jumps would get bigger. Now, I've heard some trying to explain this away by saying El Nino was particularly strong in 2023, but isn't that at least in part because of the greenhouse gases that get captured and trapped in the oceans? Well, that's exactly the paper I was referring to. You know, um, you got to realize uh, that over 90% of the heat that's being trapped by our emissions of greenhouse gases, over 90% of that heat is going into the ocean. So, during an El Nino, it's true, more of that heat gets, uh, stays in the atmosphere, gets released into the atmosphere from the ocean, um, but it's heat that's accumulated um, because of the greenhouse gases. So the ocean's getting warmer, so if it releases heat, it's going to be warmer heat. You know, it's going to be warmer. Issues of the Environment continues on 89.1 WEMU, and we're talking with Dr. Jonathan Overpeck about 2023 being the warmest year on record. Dr. Overpeck is Dean of the School of Environment and Sustainability at the University of Michigan. Now, anyone who's spent any time on social media has probably seen the post that popped up during the most frigid part of the past month asking, what happened to global warming? Well, aren't these kind of more severe weather events, even cold snaps, a real symptom of a warming planet? Yeah, in the climate science community, we kind of laugh because every winter you hear those kinds of statements, you know, and for example, one time a U.S. senator actually, I believe, took a snowball into the halls of Congress to demonstrate that global warming's not happening, and of course, we still get winter. Um, and 10 minutes also, later, that snowball melted. 
Yes, uh, <laughs> it melts much faster now as we're seeing with our snow right now. But the point is, is that um, one of the impacts of uh, global warming is that it disturbs the atmospheric circulation in the Arctic, way up into the atmosphere. And because of that, you can get more of these cold outbreaks than we used to get. Now, these outbreaks will become less and less cold over time, but nonetheless, when they occur, it's going to feel like real good old winter. Now, as you've pointed out, one of the ramifications we continue to see is melting sea ice. The measured Antarctic sea ice coverage in 2023 was measured at its lowest level on record. So the Arctic sea ice ranked in the top 10 lowest levels ever recorded, too. Now, that is going to correlate to a rise in ocean levels as well as a warming planet, right? Well, the sea ice does not, uh, when it melts, doesn't raise sea level. Um, because the ice is already in the ocean. It's when the ice sheets, like uh, Greenland and Antarctic ice sheets, when they melt, they raise the sea level. And that's happening in record rate as well. But what the sea ice does do when it melts back further than ever before is it reduces the reflectivity of the planet. Um, and that means more heat gets absorbed uh, from the sun, um, just as uh, melting more snow causes uh, more heating of the land surface and atmosphere. So this is what we call an amp- a positive feedback or an amplifying uh, effect of the climate system. We lose that whiteness of the surface of the, of the planet, and that accelerates the warming. You mentioned that some of your colleagues uh, described uh, 2023 uh, as a year in which they were gobsmacked. Uh, how is 2024 shaping up with land surface temperatures and El Nino impacts on ocean surface temperatures? Could 2024 even be warmer? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, one of the reasons the scientific community is scratching, you know, we're scratching our heads is, Usually when there's an El Nino, it isn't the beginning of the El Nino, the first year of the El Nino that is record-breaking. It's the subsequent year. Um, But this time around, the El Nino started in 2023, and we had the record-sized jump in global temperatures in 2023. Uh, What's going to happen, best estimates, we can predict El Ninos, and um, it looks as though the current one will continue through the winter and spring, and then we'll die off. We don't know that for sure, but that's the best bet. And so it'll be very interesting to see what happens to the temperatures. If it was to continue through this this year, through 2024, we expect a record-breaking temperatures almost for sure. But now we're going to get to see what the effect of the El Nino was most likely if it dies off halfway through the year. This is 89.1 WEMU, and our conversation on climate change continues with the dean of the U of M's School of Environment and Sustainability, Dr. Jonathan Overpeck. Now, over the years, we keep hearing there is a tipping point from which there is no return. Uh, Does your modeling say we're getting rather close to that point? Well, there are many tipping points, and I think the best way to look at a tipping point is when you cross that point in, say, a certain amount of warming, some things will happen to the climate system that will be irreversible uh, for a long period of time. And a good example of that is um, the melting of the ice sheets and major sea level rise. The ice sheets take a long time, centuries, to fully come into equilibrium with the atmospheric temperature. 
But at some point soon, we're going to reach a point where they're going to want to melt back a lot over ensuing centuries. That would be a tipping point. We're kind of guaranteeing a certain amount of sea level rise. But in terms of the global warming and the weather extremes that we get with the global warming, like the flooding that we get in Detroit and like the drought we're getting in the Southwest or the heat waves or the wildfires, all these things are related to the warming. I think what we'll see is a gradual worsening of these until we stop the emissions of greenhouse gases, primarily the CO2 due to fossil fuel burning. When we um, stop that those emissions, then we will have a new climate state that will essentially stay the same for uh, centuries uh, in that warmed state. And in a warm state, we'll continue to have the climate extremes uh, that are typical of that state, not, you know, 100 years ago, unfortunately. We have... So everything will get worse and it will stay worse. Uh, but the sooner we stop the emissions, that's what we is the sooner we keep things from getting worse. And, of course, there are mitigation efforts uh, underway in Washington County, throughout the state of Michigan, various points throughout the country and globe, uh, and mitigation efforts are obviously crucial. But I've mentioned this to you before. I sense that we are not investing enough in adaptation efforts and have the potential to be caught with our proverbial pants down. So how do you view our progress in adaptive behaviors as we enter potentially another warm record year? Well, adaptation is really critical, and I think we're doing it in a less kind of big, uh, well-publicized manner. Uh, but we are, for example, working in Detroit to reduce the effects of the uh, more intense rainfall that gives rise to flooding. We're working on a number of things, and Detroit in their climate action plan has certainly got that on their radar so we'll gradually, we will adapt. I think you see it in our uh, farming and our growing community in the state. They're making adjustments so that they still uh, make money, but they still, you know, the crops still come in. Um, we just have to get better at it. But at some point, even our adaptation efforts, adaptive capacity, if you will, will become overwhelmed by the warming. So at the same time, it's really good to know that Michigan now has a very aggressive climate action plan in terms of reducing our emissions, switching over to renewable energy and battery storage and electrified uh, cars and trucks. All of this will help keep things from getting so bad that our adaptive capacity gets overwhelmed. I would like to thank you for taking time and sharing your insights today. I'm most grateful. Well, it's my pleasure. It's always great talking to you, David. That is Dr. Jonathan Overpeck, a multidisciplinary climate scientist and dean of the School of Environment and Sustainability at the University of Michigan. For more information, take a peek at our website at wemu.org. Issues of the Environment is produced in partnership with the Office of the Washtenaw County Water Resources Commissioner. I'm David Fair, and this is your community NPR station, 891 WEMU-FM, Ypsilanti.